the top 10 best horror movies of 2022 as decided by two guys who have a podcast and watch horror movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's first start with our honorable mentions. Uh, I'm going to run down my list real quick because it's fucking long. Uh, <laughs> Hellbender. Much. Hellbender. Sissy. Uh, Prey. Hatching. Piggy. Scream 5. Watcher. Glorious, which I just saw yesterday. Terrifier 2. Christmas Bloody Christmas. Scare Package 2. Uh, Men. The Sadness. Bones and All. And The Menu. All of these movies are excellent. Go see them. They just didn't quite make the top ten for me. All right, Rod, what you got? Okay, my honorable mentions. A lot of uh, ones that are same that you mentioned. I want to say the ones that you mentioned. Scare Package 2, Ratchad's Revenge. Uh, and I'm just going to go through the list. Soft and Quiet, Some Like It Rare, Prey, Men, Sissy, Christmas Bloody Christmas, Hypochondriac, Mad God and Master are my honorable mentions. Look, there's a lot of big budge moves that came out this year that are on a lot of people's top 10 lists. And you might hear them soon, but you might not. Yeah. Uh, and these honorable mentions are mostly independent ones or not as large, uh, wide released big budget movies. And I think that they deserve recognition. So, yeah. All right. Um, here it is. Uh, so let's real quick do a quick what makes a top 10 horror film yeah, for us. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You, you want to start? Sure. So I there's a couple things that I have in my mind. Like there's two parts of my brain where I'm a horror fan that wants to acknowledge actual horror. I hate for something to be more thrillery than it is horror. horror and, but I don't like letting that limit my enjoyment of the art. So I have softened lately to allow things that aren't as strictly horror, horror, horror things, because I still think that a horror fan would really jive and appreciate that film. But for me, I want it to move me. I want it to be a unique story, or I want it to be something that a subgenre that's not as well represented or has unique thoughts. Something in it is done at a super high level. It might not all be a complete A plus out of the park, like a 10 out of 10, because really the only 10 out of 10 I had this year was everything everywhere all at once, which wasn't horror. Yeah. Nothing was <laughs> else was 10 out of 10. So it has to have an element or two that were so effing huge that it made me love it. And that's why I want to include it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Uh, real quick to comment on your only one 10 out of 10 was everything everywhere. I, I totally agree. Uh, we've been saying all year this is a great year for horror, uh, so much good horror, but that's it. So much good horror, not much great horror. It was very hard to make a list when yeah. all these movies are good, and because they're all good, it's hard to really, you know. So it comes down to personal preference. It comes down to how did I feel while watching the movie, and my personal enjoyment of the film um, is how I make my top ten list. So yeah. There might have been some honorable mentions that I gave higher scores to than my top 10, but that's because I objectively thought it was a better film. That doesn't mean I enjoyed it more. Um, so, who wants to start? 
I'll start with my number 10. All right. My number 10 top horror of 2022 dash cam. Not that dash cam, but the other dash cam uh, dash cam directed by Rob Savage, written and directed by uh, written by Rob Savage, Jenna Hurdley, Jed Shepard, starring Annie Hardy, uh, Amar Chadel Patel and Angela Anahoro. Uh, this film is extremely polarizing. It is not rated highly on Rotten Tomatoes. It's mostly rotten by by audiences and critics. However, it is an extremely well-executed found footage that is very surprising, very scary. Um, you have to get over the protagonist. More so than Joseph Winter's movie, this protagonist, you will want to punch in the face throughout the whole movie. But you kind of just have to let it go and say, like, yes, this is a piece of shit, and I want to watch this piece of shit crash and burn, and all the crazy stuff happen. And they do deliver. It's exciting. It's different. It's unique in some of the camera trickery that they do with found footage and things that they can get away with. Doesn't always make sense, but I don't care because it's a wild ride and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I just saw this today and it's on my list. It was impactful. And I was like, I wish I would have had more time to like just enjoy it. Maybe watch it at night. It would have been scarier. Wonderful film. All right. Uh, my number 10 is X. Written and directed by Ty West, starring Nia Goth, Jenna Ortega. Um, as the sheriff says, it's one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Um, I really enjoyed X. Uh, nice slasher with a lot of subtext. Um, they talk about ageism. They talk about, uh, um, well, just like... Uh, beauty and there's so much about uh like your own self-worth self-image there's there's really a lot more going on uh in this screenplay than just uh killing a bunch of guys trying to make a porno in the woods um and it's unfortunate that pearl fell, fell so flat um as rodney already said it was a big disappointment for the year um but for me number 10 couldn't go any higher and and i wanted it on the list so, so sure. the 10 slot is is perfect for it. That's fair. I thought you picked it because of the Roman numeral connection. Oh, All right. oh that's good. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> even, I didn't even see it. I'm so creative. Okay, <laughs> my number nine film is Hatching, written and directed by Hannah Bergholm, starring Siri Solinina, Sofia Hikila. Look, these are Swedish names. I apologize for fucking them up. Uh, hatching this year which we didn't get into this kind of idea but there was a ton of witchy slash folklore films hatching is a folklore tale and it kills it it's unique it, it has great creature effects with the creature that's involved it's a kind of tried and true uh, social media-esque vibe that's also included in the film which is a bit overdone but it all works it being foreign helps uh, you 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 attach with the the lead youth that's in this film uh tina and you she sells it and what she goes through you go through and you want to see how she's able to get through this this fairy tale of a movie and it's grotesque but it's endearing and it's fulfilling by the end in in a tragic way uh so it's it had to be included in my list. It's small, it's foreign, it has all these great creature effects, it's a cool story, it's well executed, it's well shot, it's well acted. 
It's everything that you would want. It's creative and new and unique, so it's in my list. All right. I love Tatching. Great movie. Um, for me, number nine is Nope, written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Wren. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this movie is fantastic. Uh, you know, it talks about uh, the exploitation of animals in, uh, in not just film, but in, in life. It's, um, it's Jaws in the sky, and Jaws is and always will be one of my top ten of all time. Um, Jordan Peele just, you know, keeps, keeps crushing it uh, time and time again. Um, Nope also had to be on the list. And uh, unfortunately, as good as it is, I, I just couldn't couldn't get it any higher. <laughs> so X and Nope are kind of like honorable mention pluses that like <laughs> just like sit at the Jeez. bottom of the list. Just you know? <laughs> let them be on the top ten. Don't fucking give them these caveats. Like, like, listen, guys, I really didn't want to include you, but, yeah, you, no, but no, I no. had to have ten, so you're <laughs> on there. Jesus. <laughs> You made the list. All right. That's all I need to know. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me hop into my number eight. Uh, <laughs> all right. My number eight uh, in our top ten. She Will. Uh, directed by Charlotte Colbert. Uh, written by Charlotte Colbert and Kitty Pierce, Starring Alice Krieg and Malcolm McDowell. Uh, she Will. Another witchy movie. Uh, this is strictly witchy movie. And there were, I want to say... I, I wrote a list. I want to say that there might have been like 10. No. Uh, uh, let's see. Last thing Mary saw, Hellbender. You won't be alone. Um, you're not my mother. She will. Uh... Yeah, so, okay, six. Uh, anyways, at any rate, she will is executed at such a level that I think it needs uh, notoriety. It is Irish or Scottish, I think, is what she's retreating to. The lead character is on a retreat. She's a, f a fading star, so to speak, who went through a traumatic experience filming her uh, her uh, youth role directed by Malcolm McDowell. Uh, but there was like this sort of trauma that occurred that's unspoken, but that she's lived with her whole life. And now that she's a fading star, she has this resentment and, and, and fear of the next phase of life. And she retreats to the Scottish countryside and, and witchy shit happens. And it's beautiful. There's imagery uh, that's used. The cinematography is excellent, but the the mood, the setting, and the growth that she goes through as she communes with nature to kind of empower herself to confront her past is executed at such a high level. It's very moody and atmospheric. Uh, and visually tantalizing that it's worth a watch. It's a very good fall watch. It's a very good witchy watch. It's a very good female uh, empowerment watch. Uh, I truthfully loved this movie when it came out, when we watched it. I gave it a nine at the time. I think I've softened on my overall score, but I, I still feel strongly about it. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's a beautiful movie, and I think that the witchiness had to find a place somewhere because there's so much of it this year, and this is where it landed with me. All right. Uh, my number eight, Soft <clears throat> and Quiet, written and directed by Beth De Arauhu, Arauhu, uh starring Stephana, Stephanie Estes. Um, this movie was 
it started off as like this mind-blowing dark comedy that turns into a like a ridiculous uh, tragedy of racism in your own backyard. And it feels so real. The acting is so incredible. The dialogue so realistic. You know these people. You've met these people. It was shot over three nights. Uh, and and you, you could almost feel the urgency um, and, the, you know, how it was rushed uh, in the movie while you're watching it. You are literally on the edge of your seat. What's going to happen next? Um, you know, feeling so... So much um, sympathy, empathy for the victims, and and also just kind of like the wild ride of of the main characters as as everything spirals out of control, um, and and the conclusion is almost something that like they obviously didn't want it to happen, they didn't plan for it to happen, but you could understand how it happened the way that it did. Um, yeah, soft and quiet. If uh, you know, if you have a an issue with like so, some hardcore racism, probably stay away from it. But it uh, it. No, was I a, like uh, it, so I I'll watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you like, if you love racism, it's a really <laughs> good movie. Yeah, it's attracting the wrong crowd. Yeah. Uh, not like it, like like it, but like like it, like seeing it being addressed yeah. as a bad thing. Yeah, if you live in. <laughs> Upstate New York, you'll probably really identify with these main characters. <laughs> if you enjoy this movie for the wrong reasons, you might be right. racist. <laughs> uh, it's like the reason my dad liked uh, the Gran Torino <laughs> oh, for for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. Uh, rest in peace. Okay, <laughs> my number seven in our top 10 continuing on uh and you know it, it this is a strong number seven uh my number seven almost has seven syllables and it's resurrection oh written and directed by andrew siemens starring rebecca hall and tim roth look resurrection is a fantastic movie we've already mentioned rebecca hall as the performance tim roth getting nate's pick for best lead uh best supporting rather and it's 100 percent an amazing movie. I think the reason that it falls a little bit lower on my top 10 is strictly because of its uh, emphasis on the thriller side of the seesaw here versus horror. Uh, and that's where maybe I do this like waiting when I mention at the top of the, the 10, uh, how I gauge things and I'm doing it less, but this is where I place it. Like maybe that's where my barometer adjusts their, their placement in the top 10. Resurrection is a is a uh, a beautiful film, extremely well acted and well crafted. Shot uh, locally uh, to us in in the Albany, uh, the capital region of New York. Uh, you can visit a couple of the locales. The Egg is featured. If anyone's familiar with New York and Albany, the Egg is a, a, a building, a performance arts building that's right next to where Rebecca Hall works. Uh, her character in the film. It's a bizarre story that because the execution of the characters is at such a high level, uh, that the performances of them, because it's at such a high level, the haunting eeriness of the events that transpired that are really just spoken about. You don't really ever see anything happen. It's not until the very end that something kind of happens 
all of this is just operating in your mind and the retelling of events and it's building the sense of dread and that's what this film really just relies on is this dread and the emphasis through the performances that just create this sickening mood uh and it's beautiful and and awful all at the same time it's uh it's not scary it's just uncomfortable and uh it's my number seven slot all right uh my number seven is you won't be alone written and directed by goran stalevsky um starring some people don't say it i was gonna say starring some people and a uh, a very nice short performance from the pace <laughs> in the middle of the movie even though she's on the box art okay <laughs> um they definitely throw her in the movie to sell tickets and that's fine i'm okay with that uh, you Won't Be Alone is another one of those witchy folk tales. Um, it's, a, it's a great, excellent, beautiful story about nature versus nurture, about, about uh, gender roles in the, in the 1800s, it's, maybe. It's um, Macedonia. Is Macedonia, what yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes place in Macedonia. Um, uh, yeah, so... There's not much more I can say about this movie other than it is um, one of those slow burns that uh, keeps you locked in every step of the way um, because the story is that good. Um, the acting is that good. The horror, kind of like, you know, he just said with Resurrection, is, you know, it's... It's kind of like the catalyst. This uh, this witch ability yeah. to uh, to turn into other people is a little gory, and that's kind of like all you get um, until you know until the end. But like, uh, it still it still warrants it. It still warrants it for me, and uh, it is definitely nice and at home in the seventh slot on my list. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned it. Uh, it is it is a fantastic film, uh, and. I'm glad that witchiness has a, has a home on your side too. So, <clears throat> okay. We're going to go with my number six then. And leading into number six is a wounded fawn. Oh, uh, we got our first. Hey, we're guys, oh, right. Right. <laughs> a wounded fawn is also my number six. <laughs> uh, directed by Travis Stevens, written by Travis Stevens and Nathan Fadre, starring Josh Rubin and Sarah Lind. Uh, look, we both loved Wounded Fawn. Oh, uh, so for good. me, Wounded Fawn is just uh, a really cool setup of mythology and mystique around an intrigue around this object that then crashes with a uh, serial killer plot that has its own psychological bent traumatic past that's guiding him. And they collide together in this insane, bonkers, off-the-wall conclusion of a film that the whole ride is engaging. Uh, it's always um, taking it to a new level. It's changing things up a lot. It's doing visuals that you would never expect to see, but then they hit you and they blow you away. Uh, and it just one-ups itself throughout the whole film. And the performances by... Uh, Josh Rubin and Sarah Lynn. We didn't mention them in any of our categories uh, prior as far as being leads or being amazing, but they're really up there with what the performances that they're giving. And man, yeah, this film is just, it's just satisfying and and great. Like everything that I've already said, like it's very unique. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great movie. It's it's totally out there. It's indie at at its best. Um, I can't say enough good things about Josh Rubin. Um, in the last year, you know, he put out Scare Me. He directed uh, The Werewolf Within. Um, he's doing he's doing some really great things. There was one more thing he did. I can't remember. No, uh, I don't recall off the top of my head. He's been very busy though. Yeah. Yeah, very busy, especially in the horror genre, and we love to see that. All right, I think we can if we stay on on in order. You do number five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my number five. Uh, I wanted a place for this movie, and this is where it landed, considering my final four ahead of it, uh, and that's going to be The Innocence, written and directed by Eskil Vaught, starring a lot of youth actors whose names I do not want to butcher for fear of just wasting everyone's time. Uh, the Innocence. Uh, is carried by the performances of its children, uh, which are the film is visually stunning. It's shot from the perspective of youths and children in this apartment complex on summer, uh, on like a, a holiday of sorts, uh, where the apartment complex is sort of desolate. This kid comes by and like meets other kids, and then you start to find out some eeriness of how they're interacting with one another, and the supernatural element is introduced in a very kind of creative uh, and interesting way that's innocent at first, but then it turns into... It's sort of like a Pandora's box of possibilities once they start to acknowledge, embrace, practice, develop, and harness this power the supernatural element that's there and it's just it's unsettling uh kudos also it has maybe the most satisfying animal death that i've seen in a long time uh so be on the lookout for that very satisfying if you're into animal deaths because you know it's not real so you can enjoy it just like we like gore and you recognize terrifier too so like we can all say I'm not a Rodney's not a weird creep that he likes seeing cats get killed. <laughs> I am, but don't judge me because of it. Right. Uh, the innocence, though, it it looks beautiful. The story is very engaging, and you sympathize with the characters. You want something good to happen with them. You want you're you're rooting for them. You are sad for them whenever you know the protagonist of it comes. Uh, to the forefront and is doing things that they, that you'd hate to see happen. Uh, and I was always on the edge of my seat with this movie. I didn't know what, how things were going to turn out. And the conclusion was very satisfying, albeit like still a, like a pensive moment or like a, a not pensive, but like a, like a, like a, like a, a sigh. Like you, you release all this tension that you had, like it's resolved, but it's still kind of not like there's still all the trauma that has occurred and while it's been resolved, you're still kind of like left reeling from the ride of what went through and now what all the characters are still living with and going to have to experience because a lot of trauma uh, transpired during the runtime of the movie. So, uh, and it, yeah, another foreign film. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. All right. Um, my number five. Deadstream, uh, written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter, starring Joseph Winter and Melanie Stone. Um, this was a beautiful, beautiful marriage. Uh, found footage meets uh, the Evil Dead. Um, you know, it goes, it, it turns from comedy to horror on a dime perfectly. 
I love the practical effects. Um, they are they are very reminiscent of Deadites when they take when the ghosts take corporeal form. Um, the story is engaging, uh, as we mentioned before. The soundtrack is hilarious and used to great effect. Um, there is not much, there aren't that many bad things to say about this movie. Uh, the reason it's in the middle of my list is because my top four, they're just better movies. All right, yeah. Uh, okay, well then let's get into the top four. Uh, number four for me is The Sadness. Written and directed by Rob Jabez, starring, uh, again, several... <laughs> uh, I want to say, is this Korean? I can't recall. Was this Korean or was this... Uh, this was uh, shot in Canada, but this is, I believe, Taiwanese. Taiwanese, that's correct. Okay. The Sadness. Wow. Uh, the Sadness, I don't know if it's a polarizing film. This was somewhat of a 2021 film, but it really never was available for anyone to stream or to view... Uh, until 2022 i think you might have mentioned it in your uh yeah. honorable mentions yep it's in a top 10 for me it's at number four because it was so satisfyingly enjoyable from a person that loves horror for horror's sake like a true horror fan like look people that love terrifier too uh you better go watch the sadness because the sadness is how you embrace practical effects and gore and insanity in an intelligent way or in a way where you're having a story or a movie that makes sense and is interesting or engaging or something other than just some dumb, I want to play with dumb perfects. At any rate, <laughs> we're, 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 we're going high. Pause, positives, pauses. The sadness is, is maniacally depraved. I will, there's trigger warnings, soft and quiet racism, trigger warnings. The sadness gore uh but sexual violence also uh they kind of just go balls to the yeah. basket post with the <laughs> depravity uh and it's it's like as if the feeling and the the energy of train to busan was directed to an outbreak that occurred in the middle of the town and you stay in the town and you're just moving from location to location that energy that frenetic energy and chaos that's occurring they capture it with uh, the most amazing, some of the most amazing practical effects that you'll see. Blood everywhere, guts everywhere, and it's just they add this layer of uh, of some comedic quality to the the spoken words that are occurring with the people that are under the sickness. But uh, it's it's just it's it's bonkers, and it concludes and cuts to credits. Uh, and the metal soundtrack that carries you out of the theater is a goddamn showstopper, like like a like a chef's kiss on this like insane movie that you just watched. And it's like strap in, motherfucker, you're in for a ride the whole time in this movie. It it'll start from in, in like you know five minutes in, but then once it happens, it's boom, 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 yeah. and never lets up. And it's super satisfying. The yeah. sadness number four. Yeah, the the action and the pacing of the sadness was was definitely one of its one of its better features i thought it was just yeah. non-stop yeah full um, throttle full throttle this is number four uh number four is fresh written and directed by mimi cave uh oh no i'm sorry directed by mimi cave written by lauren khan starring daisy edgar jones and sebastian stan um fresh was uh it was funny it was endearing 
There were moments where you forget that you're watching a horror movie. Uh, the chemistry between uh, Daisy and Sebastian is literally incredible. It is, you're watching, you know, one of the greatest love stories ever told, but, you know, she's chained to a bed in a room. <laughs> um, the, all of the supporting actors are excellent, and the story is d dark and morbid and... Everyone plays their part so well. Um, you know, we saw this early in the year, and and it has just stayed with me um, all year as a movie that I all I compared almost everything to it. Like, like I watched the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, it wasn't as good as Fresh, uh, you know. And maybe that's not fair to other movies, but Fresh definitely makes an impression um, visually. Uh, and emotionally, um, yeah, there's there's so many good things to say about Fresh with all of the subplots. There's so many subplots because um, you don't you know you don't know what's going on with him and his wife, and you don't know what's going on with this other character, this other character, and it all comes together and it all gets revealed. All the questions get answered, and it's so satisfying. Uh, so number four is Fresh. All right, so we're at the top three now. Uh, look, you mentioned at the beginning of the list that things are all right here. It's hard to what bumps one above the other. And so like a lot of these do, are seemingly interchangeable, but our top three are coming up. And so that's at least how I feel about them. So my number sure. three is Barbarian, written and directed by Zach Krieger, starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, uh, Barbarian, uh, you're best not knowing anything going into it. Um, and it's wonderful. Uh, so glad that I didn't know anything going into it. So glad that it was what it was. It's creative. It's laugh out loud, funny. It's edge of your seat, uh, enthralling and, and, and uh, nerve wracking with the events that are going to be happening. It has scares. It has commentary. It has great performances, great chemistry with Georgina and Bill Skarsgård. Uh, Justin Long coming in, uh, having such breaks and cuts from act to act, and then kind of still pouring on this this air of, of uh, grossness from Justin Long's character throughout the <laughs> final runtime of it in just a satisfying way. And the satisfying conclusion and just continually surprising you with like knowing what should be happening and then it kind of does do it and you love it even more that it did do it like there's several scenes in this where you're laugh out loud uh or like like pumping your fist or just excited that they actually did it they had the balls to do it and zach krieger deserves all the credit in the world for for doing this you sh i think recognized him for uh screenplay that's right and Director, my apologies. Uh, and he's like, yeah, the way that this is orchestrated is to a very, very high level. Uh, coming from a comedic background, I think that that's why it partially works, uh, that it works in part because of his ability to know what to emphasize. Uh, the similarities with comedy and, and horror as far as the timing of things and how it should be structured is evident in this film. Uh, Super fulfilling and satisfying. Hard to delineate this between two or one, but this is where it's at. My number three is Barbarian. Uh, excellent choice. My number three is 
The Innocence, uh, written and directed by Esco Vop. Um, I, there's not much to say that hasn't already been said. Uh, the movie's beautiful. The child actors are incredible. Uh, probably the some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, the story is fantastic. It's um, it's an emotional roller coaster. As much as I hate that phrase, <laughs> you get invested uh, with these kids, and you don't know where the movie's going. And there's so much fear, uh, you know, for these children. And um, yeah, it uh, it was a great story. Beautifully acted. Beautifully directed. Um, the Innocence is number three. Yeah, man, I just keep remembering some of the shots in that movie. Like, whenever they do that inverted camera work through the complex when they're hearing things happening or whatever, yeah. like, it's just so beautiful and unnerving. Um, man, yeah, it is a great film. Yeah, I loved it. All right. Uh, number two slot. Uh, okay, for me, my number two film is Fresh. Directed Mimi Cave, written Lauren Kahn, Daisy Edgar-Jones, and Sebastian Stan starring. Uh, Nate mentioned it a couple moments ago. Fresh is fantastic. Fresh literally did have me screaming and throwing my arm in the air when the title card fucking dropped so far into the movie. It took such goddamn bravery to do that. Uh, not unlike how Barbarian did something, but how Fresh did this uh, was just like, mind-blowing because you forgot that you never were introduced to the movie it's like it it just started and then you're into it and then they do that and it takes it to another level the marrying of the 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 sound design with the events in the movie like were was beautiful uh i forever will think of this movie when i hear uh animatronics uh in obsession um same with uh perfect day lou reed's perfect day that they do in this movie it's so fun like those are great 80s songs but the way that they are married into this film it just it creates an environment where you're just like kind of really vibing and enjoying the events of sebastian stan's character which you shouldn't you should be repulsed and hating <laughs> yeah. but he's so goddamn charismatic you can't help but love him uh, and you you don't want him to do what he's doing, but you want him to so bad also. Uh, and like you had said already, the way that that chemistry works with the two of them and the way that it culminates in the meals that they share and then the conclusion of all of her other co-stars uh, and supporting lead, uh, female actresses and the way that they're able to take ownership of their own, take agency in, in their own uh finale of a of a of an ending it was super gratifying uh and ha ended with a great comedic note with uh with daisy or jones that like just leaves you like just like chuckling in enjoyment of the insanity that you watched but just how how satisfying and well executed it was um it is a shame that it came out so early in the year because I feel like it kind of got overshadowed by a lot of other stuff that came out after it, which is fair because a lot of good stuff did come out after it. And, but like you said, it was always there. It lodged itself into this list the minute it came out. And we were like, shit, if films are as good as this throughout the rest of the year, it's going to be a great fucking year. And we were right. Like, that's yeah. what the year was. Things were as good and similar to it 
and it was a great year. And so I'm so glad that it set the tone. It's my number two slot, hands down. My number two, uh, and not to anyone's <laughs> surprise, is Resurrection, uh, written and directed by Andrew Siemens, starring Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. Uh, this movie was so disturbing, so so much. This is like, you know, it's a psychological thriller more than a horror, but, you know, you get some of that good gore at the end, and and it's so it's a slow, it's also a slow burn, and... It is just, it's so fucked up. Like I said before, when talking about Tim Roth's performance, you have no idea. Uh, he's so good. You have no idea what's right and what's wrong, what's up and what's down. Uh, Rebecca Hall's performance is so, is just, she's just amazing. You know, we gave best performance to her last year for, for Nighthouse. And I mean, I, I could watch Resurrection so, just every week just because of how well this movie's acted, let alone just how good the movie is in general. Um, Rebecca Hall carries this film. As I said before, if it was any other actress, the movie wouldn't have been as good. Um, and, and that's keeping Tim Roth in there. Like, Rebecca Hall mm -hmm. is that impactful. Um, she's She has that kind of uh, screen presence. And she just um, goes into her characters 100%. And um, that's why I chose Resurrection for the two slot. Yeah, the fact that it's at my seven slot does not say anything about the quality of the film. Uh, there's a lot of great films up here, and it is excellent. I'm so glad that you've got it up there. Uh, I, to be honest, yeah, I could rewatch it a lot because of her performance alone. It's she's very good, and she's, she's so just good. she's she's striking. Like I just you, you just can't get her out of your head once you watch the film, and like you just think about it. Man, fantastic! All right, are you ready? It's time. For time. our picks separately for the best <laughs> horror movie of 2022 years after the death of our Lord. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, That's an introduction. Yeah. How can I live up to that? Uh, my number one pick. Uh, is ultimately going to be Deadstream, written and directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter, starring Joseph Winter and Melanie Stone. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, uh, but for me, Deadstream is my number one in the same for the same fashion and reason that Malignant was my number one last year. It is the horror film that embraced everything about the genre that I love and executed it at a high, high level with very few sour notes if any that would pull me out or make me dislike it in any regard i don't dislike this film for in any way shape or form i love everything about it it's a film that i'm going to show people to have fun with it's a film that i'm going to show people to to be a little bit scared with because it does both of those things to a high high level uh it's amazing that this is a uh a, a film from two people that you know kind of came out of nowhere like they did a segment on vhs 99 uh but i don't think that they've done a ton uh much else i can't remember i think there was another project they were associated with but it's to execute a found footage film in such a at such a high level is very hard to do like i included dash cam because it does a lot of creative things that I, that 
Deadstream doesn't. It's a different kind of found footage film, but Deadstream is just, it's fun. It's everything that I love about horror in a movie. And, and I can't not celebrate that. Uh, he's excellent. What he's doing, the comedic entertainment that you get out of it is super high, but the horror elements and the, the embracing of all the old tropes, the one-liners, the little jokes, the cam stuff, the, the ghost stuff, the visual gags that are happening, the 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 jokes that he's like kind of making, the comments, Whis- you know, whispering strike, s- strike, <laughs> the soundtrack which you've already mentioned and celebrated, <clears throat> it's all so smart and so creative that it's has the most unique elements in any of the films that I've talked about today. It has so many more of them than the other ones that. For me, it's my number one movie of 2022. It's the one, you know, Barbarian and Fresher, they're right there. The other ones that we've mentioned, they're there. It's going to be in the same list that I give someone, but Deadstream, if there's one or two to only watch, Deadstream is one, the first one I'm going to say uh, every time because I can trust that there'll be something to enjoy out of it. There's a small chance that you'll find him grading, but... I think that if you understand films and if you understand horror, like you 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 set certain things aside or you understand like this is this is a gimmick, this is a thing, like this is intentional, and yeah. you kind of go along with it. And he redeems it because it's so funny and well presented that you go along with it. Plus, it's like it's a fucking performance, dude. It's like it's like soft and quiet in that it's like an evening thing. It's a stream. It's a live stream event. Yeah. It's a thing that's going on. It makes perfect sense, and it's I'm all there for it. It came out during Halloween. It's a perfect Halloween movie. It's my number one. It's everything that I love about horror in a film. Can't say good enough things about it. Enough good things about it. Whatever. All right. All right. Excellent movie. Wrap it up. Wrap up the list, Nate. Here we go. Here we go. And if (coughs) if you didn't already guess it, you aren't paying attention. The number one movie of the year for me was Barbarian, written and directed by Zach Greger, starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. And this movie does everything right. From beginning to end, it doesn't make any mistakes. This movie, um, all the choices the characters make, um, you know, they, they make sense for the character. They make sense the situation um you never scowl and go why did he do that he wouldn't have done that um Mm -hmm. this movie is excellently acted as we said earlier the the writing is top notch it is funny when it needs to be it is tense and and terrifying when it needs to be um the reveal is crazy it's batshit insane crazy uh the the dude is creepy as fuck the monster is is just as good, and you even feel like empathy, sympathy for this for this for the monster. You know, uh, it it has it has that kind of uh, turn at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it, it, this movie even has a break, right? Like you you. Yeah. Get introduced to a couple characters that ramps up the action, and then it cuts away. Introduces another character. This is Enter Justin Long. You know, we he gets uh, he gets accused. We we think he's a we think 
we side with him because we want to side with him because we think he's a main character and then it turns out no he is a piece of shit okay so and then he runs into the other character and now it's like action 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 and uh and the story just unravels we get a flashback you know it feels it feels very much uh like uh, tarantino wrote a horror movie um in in all of the you know the side flash and the and the flashback um it's not quite an ensemble cast the way Tarantino would like it, but um, <laughs> uh, it goes hard all the way to the end um, from about the midpoint and keeps you keeps you fully engaged, edge of your seat. Uh, the the climax is incredible. I can't I can't say enough good things about Barbarian. If you haven't seen it, goes right to the top of your list. Um. Yeah, barbarian. Yeah, man, that's a great uh, list topper for sure. It was at my three spot. Look between Deadstream, Fresh, Barbarian. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, it, like hey, these are yeah. all the yeah. excellent films. This was the hardest list I've ever had to make. Um, yeah, this year was so incredible. Um, I would like to point out nine out of ten of my movies were written and directed. By the same person, Zach yeah. Craig, Zach Craig written and directed, Andrew Simmons written and directed, Eskel Vaught written and directed. Now, as some of the other movies, they have different writers and directors, and and I I think that speaks to um, how good a movie can be when its vision is not compromised by a third party, whether it be a producer or a studio or a director who reads a script and is like, I love the script, I have this vision, but it's not necessarily what the writer intended. Um, so you know who knows who knows how it comes out i think uh these nine of these 10 movies speak to just how good uh well how good the genre was in 2022 but also how good a film can be when you just leave the the artist alone and mm -hmm. let him do his art yeah i think that that's a good point you know there's a lot of movies that had uh more notoriety this year that we don't include in our in our lists uh and there are they're good movies um it's just i didn't think that they just that they're as good as the ones that we have in our top 10 uh and i wanted to in my top 10 i want to celebrate some of the ones that just don't have as much uh steam and money already behind them some of these did have some money behind them but yeah. not to the extent that some of the other ones did. And I think that their success, uh, given that handicap, so to speak, uh, just showcases how much more that artistic vision, uh, how strong it was and how it carried it to success, uh, hopefully uh, in the years to come with people that realize that they are uh, highlights from 2022 as we you know move forward. People go back and they find it and discover it because of, uh, venues like us that showcase them so that's yeah. my hope all right well with that that wraps season two of the podcast for the recently deceased with our best in horror 2022 uh episode once again um we are going to be on break for the month of january so check us out early february um while we're gone we've got podcast recently deceased.com check out the podcast on youtube or basementmedia.square.site. I will eventually buy a .com for that. 
check back with me in February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once all of our patrons, which we don't have a Patreon yet, starts sending us a couple of shekels, then we'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the uh, for episode 26 of the podcast for the recently deceased, I am Nate Roberts. And I am Rodney Godek. Take care. And we'll see you in a few months. <laughs>